the music playing faster than normal or, or is that just me it's the same christmas beat it's just faster <laughs> like there's there's nothing else different about it yeah i think you just have it on fast forward then like gotta chop the chicosity just a little different what what if we just yeah, yeah i'm good It is the awesome NFL lineup building show. We got Matt Savoke and I going through some top stacks. We've got the Christmas music up top, which is not being sung by Mariah Carey. That was, I'm pretty sure Mike just made a mistake and he's just playing the normal Christmas song on like 3x speed because it's just firing through. But that aside, we've got some <laughs> NFL lineups to build here. We've got some stacks to talk about. Matt, how are you feeling about this late this weekend? I'm feeling pretty good. I don't like the value options, so I'm thrilled to not be not talking about values at all and just talking about the passing attacks that we can count on this week and then getting to some really good value stacks towards the end here. So it should be good. Yeah, and something else to point out, because we're about to build some lineups using Fantasy Cruncher, using the Top Stacks tool we have over on awesomeo.com. Top Stacks tool, free to use today. So it's free piece of content. And that's something you guys can go check out and ask some questions about, build some lineups along with us. And we're going to be starting with the first team that I've written down. It, it would have helped if I just remembered off the top of my head instead of having to refer back to um, my run sheet here. But we've got a DK stack here we're starting with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that pops up fairly, fairly frequently for us on this show. And we're building some stacks. And it's no wonder why, because we've got Tom Brady quarterback. He's got lots of weapons to throw to. And some fairly low ownership this week. If you look at our top stacks, well, we have uh, Tom Brady project for 6.2% ownership, 15.6% chance to be the top scoring team in the slate. That is the number one stack of the week. So before we go and build these lineups, uh, Matt, what, what are just some overall thoughts you have on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And Mike, you could pull up Fantasy Cruncher now. Yeah, my overall thoughts are we're putting way too much ownership on Leonard Fournette based on the defensive matchup here. Yes, it is easier to run against the Bills than it is thro to throw. In schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed, which is the defensive metric that I tend to look at for fantasy football, which is just fantasy points allowed contextualized for the offenses the defense has played against. The Bills are number one in the NFL against opposing wide receivers, top is for opposing offense, but they're down at 20 for running backs. That said, the Buccaneers' offense is a completely different breed, in my opinion, and they they can they are matchup proof, in my opinion, in their ability to just get a ton of production from multiple players. We don't always know who it's going to be week to week, but the production is so high week to week. I want to bet on this passing attack, especially in tournaments when I know so much ownership is going to Fournette instead. Yeah, and also if you look at the total of this game right now, 53 and a half, by far the highest total of any game on the slate. We don't really have that many games with significant totals. 53 and a half. The next highest total on the slate, we've got the Bengals 49ers game, 49 point total. We've got the Chiefs Raiders game, 48 point total. We've got Washington Dallas, 48 point total. So we're seeing this, this Tampa Bay Bills game with about a five point higher total than any other game on the slate. And in addition, the majority of the games we're looking at here, like 53, I mean, a, a 42, 43, 41 point totals. It doesn't look like there's going to be very many high scoring games this week. This appears to be one to target. So let's go to Fantasy Cruncher and start building some of these lineups. And I know you're probably on the same page as me with this, but Tom Brady, 
you know, pocket passing quarterback. We're not going to get a lot of rushing upside from safe to assume that you want to be pairing Tom Brady with two of his pass catchers here. Yeah, I absolutely do want to be pairing him with two pass catchers. There are some specific stipulations in this game, or maybe if I'm stacking him with multiple bills, receivers as run back options, but we don't need to go into that in this show. In this case, the answer is a resounding. Yes. We want two of his pass catchers. Yeah, and then because one of the reasons that you also mentioned that you want to try to get some leverage off of Leonard Fournette, do we want to include Leonard Fournette in our Tampa Bay stacks, or are we just going to look at the pass catchers and get as much leverage as possible off of Fournette? I think in a vacuum, you could say yes, include him, but because of the ownership, like you said, I would say no, don't include him. Okay, so if he pops up, fine, but in general, we're not going to force it, so we'll make that rule. And since they're playing against the Buffalo Bills, Mike, let's include one runback option. So just go uh, stack UB with at least one wide receiver tight end from opposing team. Add that rule in. And yeah, we are good to go there. And then just make sure that we have the right slate selected. I think we do, but just in case. Yep, we got the right one selected. And then do we have uh, randomness turned on? So set the randomness to... Uh, let's say 30% for, for the purposes of making sure that we have these lineups built you know, fairly quickly. Then we can crunch these and see what pops up. Now, Matt, you know the question I like to ask you. Which of Tom Brady's pass catchers do you believe is going to show up in, the, in, the, in stacks the most often? Ooh, I think it's going to be Chris Godwin here. I think it's going to be Chris Godwin, then Gronkowski, then Evans. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if I got it way wrong. I did run it a little bit earlier in the week, just trying out some stacks, but it's been a couple of days. So we'll see what the optimizer spits out now. All right, Mike, let's see the results. What do we have here? We've got, so Tom Brady at quarterback, obviously we've locked him in. He's going to be the most popular, uh, most popular play because we locked him. So that's going to be a hundred percent. Chris Godwin, we're getting to a lot. Brashad Perryman, surprisingly popping up at 54%. Wow. So we've got Perryman, obviously, at some point with these uh, Buccaneers pass catchers being a little bit more expensive, I guess the optimizer is just looking towards Perryman as a viable value option. He's not somebody who I was considering off the top of my head, uh, but how do you feel about him popping up a lot of these stacks? So I'm looking at it now. Since week 11, Perryman has played in two of the three games and has averaged a 52% snap share in the games that he's played. That is... Uh, sixth on the team behind players like, of course, the big three, Leonard Fournette and Tyler Johnson. So I guess it's viable. He's at 63 air yards in two games. So it does feel like really a large field tournament option. I kind of wonder if maybe we would uh, do some work in groups here if we were spending some more time on this to make sure we're boosting some of his big three pass catchers here. But I don't hate the play, especially if you're playing a lot against a lot of people this weekend. Yeah, and he's the flatman on DK. It's a slate where it, this is always subject to change. But like you said at the top, you don't like that much value on this slate. And if we're going to be stacking a more expensive quarterback here with expensive receiving options, maybe it does make sense to have Brashad Perryman in the mix just from the standpoint of, hey, there isn't that much value to be had. At least we're going to be getting a piece of value that reasonably has some upside. And we have a little bit of correlation with the quarterback. 
Uh, let's look at the runback options, and it looks like Cole Beasley popping up a whole ton. Now, I know our projections have been fairly high on Cole Beasley a lot this year. He does have a reasonable price tag on DK at 5000 In general, I think Cole Beasley is a better DK option than FanDuel option because of the PPR bonus. But for this particular week, do you have any reservations about Cole Beasley? Because we have seen his target share dip ever since Dawson Knox came back from injury. Yeah, and I'm trying to do my best. I don't want to put my finger on the models too much, but to to not wait last week so much because the weather obviously impacted things so much. But the thing that really does concern me is that if you just look over the Bills' last three games, in target share, that's the amount of targets divided by total team targets. Cole Beasley is fourth on the team totem pole behind Emmanuel Sanders and Dawson Knox. So... I don't hate the play. Like you said, on a full PPR platform like DraftKings, Beasley is a fine play. But I do worry a little bit. We're going to see uh, more variability in his target share, not less going forward. Yeah, and I, I think you do bring up a good point is that if you're just looking at some of those numbers, you can't take too much out of last game. I mean, we, we saw Mac Jones on the other side of the game throw the ball three times, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole complaining about how it moved his rookie of the year odds again, but it's totally ridiculous. Like, Kurt Warner was on national TV saying, like, oh, I'm really impressed by Mac Jones. We're valuing wins a little bit too much. If you're looking at Mac Jones going two of three passing for 19 yards, being like, oh, look, this guy's somebody to build around. Not that he isn't, but I wouldn't draw conclusions from that game. Uh, what do you make of some of these other guys who are popping up in these stacks, Matt? And uh, Mike, if you still have that that screen up, um, I'm curious just to see who are some of the other pieces that are coming up around here. Uh, a bunch of Chargers guys here. See Jared Cook popping up. We're getting to Mike Williams, it looks there. Anything Can there that you... To the wide yeah, receiver ahead. tab, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, so yes. obviously if I were working on this more, I would want to force some runbacks with Stefan Diggs. I definitely would. I know it's going to be strapping you for salary somewhere else in your lineups but i'm seeing no stefan Diggs. if i'm correct here obviously i'm fine with emmanuel sanders the player i like actually second best and especially when you're talking about just low salary access to this high total game you mentioned it greg there aren't a lot of high total games uh certainly none at this level on the main slate i do want some of dawson knox here 95% snap share over the last three weeks, 144 air yards, a second on the team only to Stefan Diggs, and he's got a 20% target share. So that's someone I really am going to boost up if I'm playing this stack. Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. And somebody else who we've seen some upside from. Also, shout out to uh, Sammy Telesco, leaving us a super chat here saying that he sticks to the Osmo script and he is crushing it on underdog. I love it. I love to, uh, love to see people watching the shows do well. And always the super chats are appreciated as well. So good work, Sammy, and I uh, love to see it. Uh, let's head on over to FanDuel now, and we'll start making stacks over there. And this is a team that, believe it or not, has not popped up very frequently on the show. A team that last year, at least, I was making stacks of all the time. That is the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. It's been a team that in the past has had an elite offense, and I still like to think it's an elite offense. But do we have to change our expectations for Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City? We're, you know, we're three quarters of the way through the season and it's not the team of old. Absolutely not. It is absolutely not the team of old. And they definitely have a more mistake prone offense than we've seen in recent years. 
but I was looking at some advanced stats like interceptions off plays that touched receivers' hands. I can't believe we <laughs> have charted plays like that now. Mahomes, of course, leads the league in those types of plays. So, uh, or in interceptions on passes that were not graded interceptable. My point is there is a little bit of randomness here. Not to say that this isn't on the Chiefs. It's not their responsibility to fix. It certainly is. But I understand why our projections are sort of leaning on us going back to the well, leaning on those recent historical projections. We know what the ceiling is when Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes have plus matchup. Hey, they just scored 41 points on this team a few weeks ago, so we know what they're capable of. Yeah, and then something else I'll add about the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not all that popular this week, at least relative to what our projections are here. So we have the Kansas City Chiefs, 16.5% chance to be the top overall stack on FanDuel, the best of any team on the FanDuel slate, 10.2% expected ownership going to Patrick Mahomes. That does look a little low relative to our projections. So uh, we could go, I think, stack up this team overweight to the field on them and not too much real hesitation. The only thing that maybe becomes a bit of a concern as we set some of our stack rules here, they're going to be expensive. So with that in mind, uh, Matt, do you want to make one or two run uh, uh, stack options with Patrick Mahomes, considering that the price points could maybe be a little restrictive? Yeah, let's just do one here. They make it nearly impossible to get to Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill unless you just have a bevy of free square options. We certainly don't have that this week, so let's do one. All right, so we're going to go with one. And like you said, or, or like I've been saying, anything can change. And that's all the more reason you guys should be liking this video, subscribing to the YouTube channel. We're going to have NFL Live before lock over the weekend. We're going to be having our you know four-and-a-half-hour NFL show on Sunday morning. And then we'll have all the most updated information. And once those Schefter tweets come out at midnight on Saturday night, those could always flip the entire slate around and then change the value options. But for now, could be a little restrictive trying to get multiple uh, stack options with Patrick Mahomes. But how about as a runback? Do you want to have Raiders as a runback stack in our chief stacks? Hmm. This one I thought about for a little bit. I think the answer is yes, but the longer answer is it is contest specific. I'm always okay getting to a skinny stack of just Chiefs, especially if you're talking like a single entry or three entry. But I do think uh, we have some options here that I'd like to see what the optimizer gets. So yes. Uh, one thing, Mike, uh, delete the rule you just made, but make it one instead. We're going to go with here. Yeah, just go with just go with the one and then do one run back option. By the way, while, while we're setting these rules, do you see the Josh Jacobs story that came out yesterday? Uh, no. He is expecting his uh, ninth child from uh, his eighth different woman. That is, oh, so this word. this guy, but running backs don't have much of a shelf life in, in the NFL. It's the average career length is what, two and a half years or something like that. This guy is going to be playing Frank Gore years at the kind of pace he's going at. He's going to need it to to afford that kind of child support. So maybe something to consider. You know, we got Josh Jacobs. He's probably going to be wanting the rock in some of these some of these lineups. So let's start building these, Mike, and see what pops up. So Patrick Mahomes, lock him in, run the lineups, build 50 of them. We'll see what pops up. What are your expectations here, here Matt? Do you think we're going to be getting to more Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill? I do worry that it's going to do something similar with our lineups and give us one of these value plays like a Byron Pringle or a Demarcus Robinson. Uh, but I'm hoping that it gives us a stack of, of Kelsey who just gives us a floor really unlike any other tight end. Uh, and then Hill, who obviously has probably the best ceiling week to week of any wide receiver. 
So my expectation is we get to more Tyree Kilt for this reason. We forced a run back option. And Darren Waller, as of right now, is listed as questionable, but he's in our projections. My gut feeling is that we're going to get to a lot of Mahomes, Tyree Kill, with Darren Waller as the run back option at tight end. Although, who knows? Hunter Renfro has been a really good value a lot of weeks in a row. So maybe it could be him as well. But that's my guess. We'll see what the results show. Mike, bring up the screen. All right, there we go. And that is kind of what I was expecting there. We've got Tyree Kill. And there you go. You don't have to be worried about us getting to a bunch like Nicole Hardman or Byron Pringle. We're just running the optimal lineups. Pretty reasonable to me right here. You can see Travis Kelsey is the second most popular run back option. Tyree Kill being number one. We're getting to both of them. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. I actually like the looks of this build quite a bit. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. And we're definitely going to have to take this information up till Sunday to find out if Waller's in there. But yeah, I'm very happy with what I'm seeing too. And and if as we scroll through these tabs here, I'm seeing us fit in a lot of other quality plays here. It doesn't look like we have to sacrifice the the floor of our worst player for a lot of these lineups. So it does speak to the different kind of game, the different puzzle that FanDuel and DraftKings present week to week here. But yeah, this looks enticing. And then I'm curious, click on the running backs tab really quick, Mike. Let's see what we've got popping up there. DeAndre Swift. And my expectation is that he is not going to end up playing. He's in our projections right now. Ultimately, I think DeAndre Swift isn't going to play. So that's going to move around some of these options a little bit. While we're talking about the DeAndre Swift I just brought up because he's popping up in these lineups, are you going to want to go back to Jamal Williams this week? Man. That was tough to see. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because it really felt like the passing game role wasn't there in the way that I was hoping for. And I don't need a rushing, a, a rushing only back on a team that's consistently playing from behind. So I don't feel the same way this week as I do as I did last week, but he's not unplayable by any means. All right, another running backs here. Looks like we've got Deontay Foreman popping up uh, a little bit here. He did have 19 carries last week. The Tennessee Titans, for, for everybody who thinks that the offense looks much worse without Derrick Henry, sure, they've been worse. They're also dealing with other injuries. They ran all over, uh, all over who was it? All, all over New England of all teams the last time we saw them play. They ended up only, uh, they ended up getting their asses kicked 36 to 13, but Foreman was massive. Hilliard was massive. They both had over 100 rushing yards. It was just bad turnovers. Each of them had a fumble. Ryan Tannehill threw a couple interceptions. There was one really bad one in the end zone. They were in that game a lot more than the final score really dictates. One other running back who's popping up a lot here, Javante Williams. No real surprise there when you consider that Melvin Gordon isn't expected to play. Williams looked really good to me last week, and now he has this matchup against Detroit. He's actually my favorite running back on the slate right now. So I would actually argue that as much as he's popping up in some of these lineups, I think we should get into even more of Javante Williams. How are you feeling about him? Oh, if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, he's going to be uber popular, but I don't yeah. care. I mean, he already had PFF's best elusive rating in the NFL going into last week's game, and then he pretty much showed everyone why he was such a high pick in the second round on national TV last week. So I absolutely think Javante Williams is a strong play against Detroit's middling defense here it becomes a tournament play only here i think it's a strong tournament play but a tournament play only if uh gordon is in this week 
Yeah, and Gordon right now is officially listed as questionable. He said he thinks you, – you always get these weird quotes from players. He's like, I think I'll be able to go, which what, – what does that really say to us? So, also, players are so uh, overly optimistic about their injuries. You know, they have a leg amputated. They're like, I'm ready to play tomorrow. And what we'll see with Melvin Gordon. I think, though, the Javante Will- I think Javante Williams was so good last week that it would be silly for the Broncos to not work him in and, and get him more involved in the game plan. So even with Gordon in there, I expect a bigger workload from, from uh, Javante. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Only thing we're betting on then is rational coaching. Yeah, Sometimes which it's a uh, losing battle. It, 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 oftentimes it is a losing battle, especially when you look at, you know, last night's game, for instance, where, hey, look, the Steelers are down by a million points. What are they going to do in the fourth quarter? Oh, punt and run the football with Najee Harris. And you never know how that'll shake out. So for the final stack here, we're doing something a little different. I'm going to look over at Odd Shopper, which if you look over there, we have uh, we, we have projections for players relative to their player prop odds in going over or under their, their passing yards for quarterbacks, which is what I'm looking at here. And I'm trying to find some good bets for player props. And I want to see what we could do to build lineups around those as well, because it stands to reason if there's a player that has a really low passing yardage total that we're way over the top of, there could be value in DFS since a player could be going under owned. So one thing that stands out to me is Russell Wilson. If you look at the uh, QB props there. Yeah. So Russell Wilson has an over under of 239 and a half passing yards for this weekend. We have him projected for about 280 yards. So all that put together, I think Russell Wilson could be a player who's going a little bit overlooked this week and Seahawks stacks as a whole. Then also you look at our top stacks tool, the Seattle Seahawks. We only have 4% ownership going to Russell Wilson, but nearly a 10% chance for them to be the top stack of the slate. Now, I know Russell Wilson's not looked good since coming back from his finger injury. Do you think there's a chance he gets back on track here, Matt? Yeah, I do. Each week he gets further away from that surgery. I still think that he has a chance to look more and more like himself. And the thing we keep seeing from the Seattle offense is that they're not changing the game plan. They're still going deep in this in this game plan, in their offensive game plan. And now we've seen at least a couple of times where Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett have been able to connect on deep passes. Still not a lot from DK Metcalf, but they can click on all cylinders here. We could see a huge blow-up game at low ownership with a Wilson stack. Absolutely. Yeah, good matchup against the Houston Texans. And it's still Russell Wilson. He was one of the best fantasy players in the league last year and for the last handful of years. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, really high upside receivers. It just hasn't all come together for the Seattle Seahawks this year. And they've done dumb stuff like at Adrian Peterson to the roster, which is infuriating. But I think better times are to come. Before we build this stack, I do want to shout out our sponsor, Jock Market. If you guys are unfamiliar with Jock Market, Totally different way to play daily fantasy sports. They've got a stock market, but for athletes. So there's an IPO period. You bid on the players, and then after the game start, it doesn't mean that your time on the app is done. You can still buy, sell, trade players. Really fun way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you use the promo code AWESOME, you sign up right now, you get up to a $50 bonus on your first deposit. Also, if you're not sure how much you should be bidding on these players over at Jock Market, Good news, because we have free IPO projections over at awesomeo.com, and that'll help you guide you to uh, figure out who you want to bid on. All right, let's make these Russell Wilson Seattle Seahawks stacks. He's a little cheaper this week on DK, 6,600. Matt, we know there's rushing upside. So do you want to get one or two stack options with Russell Wilson? I'm actually going to say we want two. I don't know if I would agree with you that there is rushing upside. He's got one game with over 30 yards rushing and and just two with over 25. 
since he came back from injury, he's been at uh, two. His last three games, two yards rushing, sixteen yards rushing, fifteen yards rushing. So I think two. All right, I can get on board with that. As far as a run back, I don't want to force a run back when they're going up against the Houston Texans. It, it could be a disaster at times. We have Davis Mills is now expected to start a quarterback. Does that change your outlook on Houston Texans run backs at all? I was talking about this with uh, Loppy on the matchup show yesterday. I do think the chance of Brandon Cooks just getting peppered with targets does boost a little bit, but I don't think we need to force a run back if Brandon Cooks just gets in there as a value play. Fantastic. All right, so let's run the lineups here. And we pretty much have everything set there. Just, um, Mike, delete the uh, run back stack. You've got the other rule already in there, so... Yeah, the opposing team stack, and we're good to go. We could just run it like that. And uh, Russell Wilson locked in. Cool, cool. Now, uh, Matt, who do you think pops up more here, DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? And uh, we're probably going to be wrong, whichever one we think is going to score better. It was, it was a conundrum last year. Lockett or Metcalf this week? Oh, man. Metcalf. I'm going for it. I think, I, I think it's his time. He's due. All right. And by the way, I put you on the spot just to answer this way. Play both of them. I, I think that it's a fool's errand to go really heavy on DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. It's so difficult to predict which one it's going to be on a week-to-week basis. So I think you're wise to get exposure to both of them and don't really take our stand. I made Matt, I, I made Matt take a stand there because I want to put him on the on the spot, but you guys don't have to do that. All right, let's run these lineups, Mike, and let's see the results. What pops up? So Gerald Everett showing up a lot as a tight end option, uh, a real lot as a tight end option, something that I would be if this was a, a set of lineups that I built, I would actively be trying to cut back on that exposure number to Gerald Everett. And it's not that I don't think Gerald Everett is a viable tight end in GBBs. I just don't have quite that much of him. Uh, wide receivers. Looks like we're getting to DK Metcalf and uh, where's oh, Tyler Lockett's up there also. So actually, this is I feel pretty good about this, at least. The Everett's a little heavy for me, but there's a pretty good split of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that I feel comfortable with. How would you how would you feel if you were uploading lineups where you have this kind of split a little more Metcalf, but Lockett's still in the mix? Yeah, I feel okay about this. And I I actually don't feel as terrible looking at the stats from the last three weeks when I see so much Gerald Everett. I probably would dial it back a little bit, but he's got 19 targets over the last three games here for the Seahawks. That's second on the team, one ahead of Tyler Lockett and one behind DK Metcalf. I would still say Lockett and Metcalf's target share is much more stable week to week than Everett, but hey, 19 targets over the last three weeks is nothing to scoff at. And then some of the other players that are popping up, let's check out those running backs, Mike. I'm kind of curious what what RBs we're getting to in this stack. Uh, Austin Eckler showing up a lot. Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift, like I said, I don't think he's going to end up playing. We've got Javante Williams popping up. Leonard Fournette's in there, but he's going to be popular. I don't have an issue with getting to, you know, that 14% number on Leonard Fournette. How, how do you feel about that kind of uh, allocation to him outside of Tampa Bay stacks? No, not at all. And we're seeing the ownership projection around 20% for him right now. So you're still under the field. You're still taking a stand, but you're not completely dead in the water if he ends up having one of those four touchdown games. I mean, he's been he's been fantastic over the last few weeks, but he's been touchdown He's been a little bit lucky in terms of touchdown upside. So uh, I don't hate the play by any means. 
Yeah, actually, you know, it's funny. The thing that I like the most going through this is going to be Russell Wilson, the over on that passing yards, or just to reiterate the number we have from Odd Chopper, over under 239 and a half passing yards. We've been projected for 280. So we have an expected ROI of 47%, the, that, that, that winning 78% of the time. So we'll just close with that. How do you feel about that Odd Chopper number on the over for passing yards for Russell Wilson? I've said this before. Sometimes you just take the matchup out of it. When our numbers are that strong, in eight out of 10 simulations, essentially, Russell Wilson goes over. You just do it. You push, yep, the, you push I the button. I totally agree. I, I love it. And that, that's a really low number. And I think that maybe the game script is being valued a little bit too much by, by, the, by the bookmakers, just assuming like, hey, they might have to run the ball. But Chris Carson's out, and we know that that P. Carroll does like to run the football. I don't know it's going to inhibit Russell Wilson to that extent. And also, it's not like there's a massively wide point spread for this game. Seattle's favored by eight points. It's not like this is a 15, 17-point spread like some of those Rams games as of late. So I, too, really do like the over on Russell Wilson. Guys, that is going to do it for us today. Thank you very much for watching. Do us a favor, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Lots more content coming up today.